Okay, let's get started with this year's discussion of Parsha's Truma. And we start off right away with a well-known question from the first couple of Sukkim in the Parsha. Again, this is the uh, Parsha is now continuing. No more stories. Now we have mitzvos. Starting already with Mishpatim. We had a little story already last week still at the end. Maimar Arsinai take two. But now, from here on, through really the end of Sefer Vayikra, without a couple of uh, here and there, Parshish Kisisa obviously has a major story, and a couple throughout Sefer Vayikra. Now we have the portion of the Torah that is chock full of mitzvos. Hashem says to Moshe, Take for me truma. So probably in the top five questions, well-known questions in the Parsha, what is the word v'yikhu meant to teach me? V'yikhu li truma. Take for me truma. It should be v'yithnu li truma. Give me truma. And yet it says v'yikhu li. So we start off tonight with a mashal. A mashal from Rebleib Chasman. In source number one, Mashkiach of the Hebron Yeshiva, says the Chachmas Hamatzpun, the Sefer quoting the Aryoel, that's Rebleib Chasman. He gives a mashal. Whenever a, a parent is trying to feed a child, and the child is not making an, an easy time of it, and the, tra- the parent is trying to coax, and trying to do a choo-choo train, and an airplane, and all different types of, of strategies to try to get the child to eat, and the child's mouth is not budging, and finally, finally, somehow, the child opens, opens their mouth, and, and they let the food in, and the child thinks to themselves, and they see them, the parent's face shining and beaming, and wow, success. What is the child thinking? Look what I just did for my, for my ima, for my abba. Look what I just gave them. I gave them such nachas ruach. I gave them so much. I opened my mouth, and now, look what I gave them. Unbelievable. And yet we know in reality that who gave to who? In reality... The food was going in the other direction. It's just that the child feels, based on the reaction of the parents and based on the control that they feel, that, oh, it's up to me. And when I decide to do something, to open my mouth, then the food can come in. But really, the child is the one that's getting. The child's not the one that's giving. The parent tries so hard. And finally, when the child gives in, it goes up in his mind. I'm such a great person. Look what I'm doing for my mother. I'm making her so happy. By opening his mouth and eating and swallowing. And he sees, he sees his parent celebrating. See, I was successful. Right, that one spouse says to another. The parent gives him a kiss and, and wonderful and celebrating. Great. You, have, you get an extra treat. But it's the same thing, says the Aryoel, when it comes to adults. Mature individuals. When it comes to Ruchnius. Because what? What's the nimshal? 
Our neshama is starving for mitzvos. Our soul yearns to be close to Hashem. But there is there is a, a chitzonius. There is there is physicality that's separating. We don't realize when we're doing a mitzvah, when we're doing something for Hashem, we don't realize who is giving to who. We think to ourselves, oh, I'm so, you know what kind of great nachas I'm giving to Hashem? I am awesome. I am so good. I'm doing this mitzvah. We're like the kid that's opening up their mouth. Who's really getting and who's really giving in that equation? When we fulfill the Ratzon Hashem, we're obviously, the parent is happy, Lamaisa, when the child eats the food. But ultimately, deep down, the parent is happy because the parent was able to give to the child. That's really what's happening in that equation. When we act for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is happy, yes, Nachas Ruach. We should bring Nachas Ruach to Leotzro, to our, to our Creator. But why does Hashem have Nachas Ruach? Ultimately, because every mitzvah gives to us. And every mitzvah makes us into a different person. But when we don't have that attitude, when we just feel good about ourselves, obviously we have to feel good about ourselves. But when it ends there, and we think like, oh, Kodesh Baruch owes me a shkoyach. Kodesh Baruch should give me a pat on the back. It says, no, then we're missing the point. We make it so hard for our parents. Kodesh Baruch wants to give us goodness. And sometimes we're like that kid. We're not opening up our mouth for the goodness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem says, just do this. Just open up your mouth. Just do what I ask. And ultimately, when we do it, we have to have the proper perspective of who's giving to who. We come to our parsha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I need to collect some donations. I need to build a house. Unless we think that, oh, you know, I'm going to give a big donation for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's going to have to say a big thank you to me. Big thing, you know how much I'm giving? He's going to have to say, big, who's giving to who? Yes, we are creating a Hechi Timsi. We're creating a place for Hashem's abode. But ultimately, who will be the receivers in that equation? The Yichu, not the Yitnu Litruma, the Yichu Litruma. Take from me, because don't look at it as if you're giving something. Because you're not really giving. You're getting. I'm going to take this, but I'm ultimately going to be, I'm I, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will ultimately be the giver. The last paragraph, He that it says about in Tehillim, that he, the whole world cannot have a Kaddish Baruch Hu, he needs man to build him a house. He wants to give Ashraf Ashkina. He wants to give the child the food. Ka'av shemachamid lebanav. That's v'yikhuli truma. And we have to have that attitude. Whenever we do a mitzvah, whenever we do something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu appreciates, of course, wonderful, we should feel good about ourselves, how we're living our life in the proper way. But deep down we have to realize we're like the child that's making the parent happy, but we're getting so much more. The parent's happy on the outside, but the child is getting nourished. Our neshama is getting nourished every time we do something favorably in the eyes of Hashem. A related but separate thought, Rav Moshe notes later in the parsha. 
related. You can have it as a separate thought, but uh, we're going to relate it. Rav Moshe says, later on in the Parsha, and this is the, all the architects out there, any architects in our listener group, you know, will uh, appreciate this Parsha. Those of us who are not architects, we have to dig a little deeper and scratch a little bit underneath the surface to get the, get the messages of the Parsha. The Torah tells us after Revi'i that there were karashim, there were boards that stood up straight surrounding the Mishkan. The Asi says, I crush him on Mishkan, you shall make. Crush him for the Mishkan. Atse shitim omdim. Standing. Standing boards. Rashi quotes that they cannot be horizontally placed. When we have the boards, they each stand up as they grew from the tree. Atse shitim omdim. Standing up. And we not only have this halacha by Mishkan, the Gemara in Sukkah even learns a halacha from this Pasik of Ati Shitim Omdim. Rav Moshe quotes it. Sukkah Daf Mem This is the source for how the Minaga Olam makes a bracha on the Dalin Minim. What do we do? We want to make sure we make the bracha right before we're Yotze the Mitzvah. So what do we do? If the Esrug is still on the table, it's too early. That's called over to over. It's too far before the mitzvah. So what do we do? The Minag Yisrael is to pick up the lulav and the, dal- and the three minim in that one hand and the esrog upside down in the other hand. And then we make the bracha. We turn over the esrog. Beautiful. Why do we do that? Because we're not yotze the mitzvah yet while we're holding the esrog upside down. We're only yotze the mitzvah derech gidelasan. The way it grows the esrog grows up out of a tree. Sometimes it gets heavy, so it slouches down. But really, conceptually, an esrog grows up. And we have to hold it up in that way. How do you know that? Where do you learn that chepsos, shal mitzvah, object used for a mitzvah, are only meant, and one is only kind of mitzvah, if you held it the way it grows. If you held a lulav upside down, when I'm not yotze either. Which is a little harder to turn over a lulav than to turn over an esrog. So we pick the esrog to turn over. But where do you know that from? Our Pasik. Atse shitim omdim. Just like the crushing, the boards of the Mishkan stood up straight, so too the Lulav and the Esrog and the Dalaminim have to be held up straight. Masha Hakrashim Hayu Ati Shitim Omdim. The Alfinan Mizeh Gamla Dalaminim. What's the message? Asks Rev Moshe. That it has to be held as it grows. What's the difference? Yishlitin Tamtsas. Every time we do a mitzvah, we have to let it grow on us. We can't just do it. What does that mean? How does a mitzvah grow on us? We have to let it affect us. We have to let it help us develop. We have to let one mitzvah cause another mitzvah. Not to do the mitzvah unfinished. I, I am fulfilling a burden that I have. I am doing what I have to do. I'm not only doing what I have to do. I have to do what I am privileged and allowed to do. And use that opportunity and use the mitzvah in order to further develop who I am. Let the mitzvah grow. He quotes also this might have to do with with the structure of the of the Mizbeach. So he says, continuing, skipping a couple of lines, Shekolinian Karbanos. What's the message of Karbanos? This is how it relates to the first thought. We're giving something to God? No, we're not giving anything to God. 
Every mitzvah is about giving to ourselves and developing ourselves. And atishitim omdim, holding it up straight so we think of growth. So we're reminded of what a mitzvah is supposed to do to me. Sheyeda, shekoma sheyeshlo, hu kulo shalakadosh baruch hu, afma shenishalo babayis. Everything is, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's. What I gave him, the animals that I gave us Karbanas and the animals that I didn't give us Karbanas. They're all HaKadosh Baruch Hu's. What? Oh, this is a Karban. I'm giving this to Hashem. But the animal, I don't, oh, that one's mine. No, it's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu's. Everything we get is from Hashem. We have to realize that that's every opportunity. It's not giving. It's getting. It just looks like giving on the outside. It looks like performing. It looks like fulfilling, which it is. But even more so, it's getting, it's receiving. It's acting to fulfill his will. Like David HaMelech says, From your hand we gave to you. Because it all, it's, it's a circle. You give to us and we give it back to you. That's the Yikar. The Yikar is to take what HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives and give it back in full circle and realize we're like that child. Yes, we're making HaKadosh Baruch Hu happy, but we are getting, we are getting so much in terms of, in terms of the mitzvahs. V'yikhuli truma. We're not v'yitznu. We're not giving to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're taking. We're taking. Okay. Let's continue. Medrash at the beginning of the parsha. The second half of the Medrash we've spoken about in past years, I think two years ago, we're going to focus on the first half of the Medrash this time. We are going to have, I don't know if we've ever had this before, we're going to have a father-son team tonight. We're going to quote two different sources, two different parts of the Shear. One a father, one a son. So let's see. It says the Medrash at the beginning of the Parsha. Source number three. V'yichol yichruma. Hadahu dechsiv. Ki lekach tov nasati lochem torasi atazovu. This is what is meant... That the Pazak tells me, Ki lekach tov, Hashem gave us a lekach tov. That is the Torah, Al Tazovu. What does that mean? Al Tazovu es hamekach shenasati lochem. Do not leave the mekach, the great asset that I gave you. Yesh lecha adam shalokeach mekach. And the Medrash gives Meshalim. Sometimes you buy something. Yesh bo zav ein bo kesef. Yesh bo kesef ein bo zav. Whatever I buy, it has some special element to it. Maybe it's gold, maybe it's silver, but it doesn't have both. It doesn't have every special jewel and material. But what I gave you, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it has everything. Torah is compared to silver. It's compared to gold, as we say Shabbos morning. It's more precious than gold. Sometimes if I buy a field, I buy vineyards. But if I buy vineyards, I'm not buying barley. If I'm buying barley, I'm not buying wheat. Whatever I'm buying, it's whatever I bought. It's, it's not every element. But the mekach that I'm giving you, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it has a little bit of everything. Shneemar, as the Pazik says in Shir Hashirim, Pardes Rimonim. I send you a part of the whole orchard. That's part one of the Medrash. Part one of the Medrash is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, many times it's a Mecca, the Medrash says, there's Mechachs with different types of, of uh, aspects and elements. 
But this Mekach has a little of everything. Second half of the Medrash. And then we'll talk about the messages. Line 10. Sometimes I buy something and I don't realize the value. I don't realize what I bought. What kind of catch I got. But sometimes, if the person, if the agent gets a tremendous commission, then obviously what I bought is very special. Right? If the, if the agent, if, if what I bought is like uh, nothing, if it's not chashem at all, then why should the agent get a big schar? If the agent gets a tremendous commission, then obviously what he's selling is is huge. Even if we wouldn't know the value of the content of the Torah, we'd know it from the Sirsu, we'd know it from the agent. What was Moshe Rabbeinu's schar? Moshe Rabbeinu came down from our Sinai. He didn't even realize that his face was shining. His face was shining. That was Moshe Rabbeinu's schar. His natural schar. Part three, and this is the part that we've discussed in past years. We're just going to mention it now. Might be other thoughts. Feel free to do some more research on it. Do you ever buy the buy the seller with the mekach? Does he ever say, "I'm coming along with the sale"? I sold you the Torah. I gave you the Torah. I'm coming along. And the Medrash gives the mashal of the king who has his own, the only daughter. And the king says, I need to find a suitor for my daughter. All the different suitors come, potential suitors. Finally, there's one, one son-in-law, one chassan. That's, that's, that's great. And the king says, I don't know what to do. It's my only daughter. If I give you my daughter, you're going to move away and I'm never going to see the daughter again. But if I say, no, she's not going to get married, she has to get married. So you know what? I'll make you a deal. Take my daughter, live wherever you want, but every time you build a palace, build an extra room for me. So that whenever I want to come, I'll have a place to visit. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I love the Torah so much. What do I do? I'm going to give it to you? Okay. Build me a place to stay when I come down amongst you. That's the third part of the Medrash. But let's focus on the first two parts. Part one being the value, the inherent value message. Gold, silver, orchards, and part two, the Schar Sirsur. Says Rav Gadal Yeshor. He's the father. Last thought for tonight will be the son. Says the Argadalia, quoting the Medrash. He says we have to analyze both parts of the Medrash to get the full message of what we're supposed to feel. Line six. Kavanasa Medrash Bazehu. This is the Kavan of the Medrash. Kim Adam Mahu Kone. If I buy something and I don't realize the value, then my kinyan, my connection to the item itself is lacking. There's something missing. It's not that I own this fully. I just don't know what it is. If I don't know what it is, then I don't own it fully. Where do you see that? You see that in an unbelievable source, which many of the Bali Musa quote. There was a story there. Somebody once bought tin from a non-Jew to cover his roof with. He bought a certain inferior type of material. Meaning it's not fancy. 
And you know that he decided that he wasn't going to redo his roof. You know, he didn't have time for it. Not this year. So he sells the Bedil to another Jew. And as that Jew is about to use it, he realizes some of it scrapes off and he realizes it's not Bedil, it's Kesef. He realizes it was all silver covered by Bedil. So the middleman, the first Jew that bought it, says, Hey, Bedil, I thought it was Kesef? You have to pay me a lot more. And the third party, the second Jew who bought it, who says, No, no, no. You thought it was Bedil. I bought Bedil finished. And what did that go? The Uraim said, He does not have to pay him extra. Why? Since the middleman didn't realize it was Kesef, he never really had a king in it. And therefore, he doesn't have to pay him the extra for the Kesef. He only recognized that it was Bedil, so therefore all he had to pay him was the Bedil. What do you see from this halacha? In order to have a complete, full Kenyan, a deep connection to the item, I have to know what it is. If I don't know what it is, my, it's not just that I own something that I don't know what it is. I don't fully own it unless I know what it is. If I'm lacking in knowledge, in information, I'm lacking in the Kenyan itself. Says Rav Gadal Yeshua, that's the message of the Medrash. We're about to build a home. We just got the Torah. Yisrael Mishpatim. The beginning of Truma. Let me tell you something about this Torah that you have that you're about to build a house for because that's the, the central focus and point of the Mishkan. It's the Kodesh Kadashim. Where the Aaron is. So the Medrash tells us it's about the Kenyan. You have to realize the value. The more we realize the value, the more we're Machshiv Torah the deeper our connection to Torah can be. If we don't realize, if we don't know what it is, the first step in learning is realizing the chashivas. If somebody doesn't think Torah is chashiv, they're, never, they're not going to be connected to it. Yes, Torah belongs to every single Jew, as we'll talk about soon, but that Kenyan to every Jew has different levels and different depths depending on my recognition of it. That's why Kodesh Baruch Hu says, You should know it's Tov. That's why it's called Lekach Tov. Because we have to know the Chashivas. And that's the Pshat of the Mishnah in Pirkei Yavos, in the third parak, line 27. The Jews are beloved to God. The fact that he gave them the Torah. And even more so. The fact that they know about it. Kodesh Baruch didn't give a secret present without our knowledge. But we know about it. That itself makes the present and the Kenyan that much more special. Through the Yediyah we have a deeper, a deeper Kenyan. That's part one of the Medrash. What about part two? Part two, what the second half of the Medrash say? The three-part Medrash. Third part, we discussed past years. That's not for now. What was part two? We know the Chashivas of the present based on the Sirsur. 
based on the commission of the middleman, of the agent. What's the message? Moshe's face was shining, says the Argadai now in the second column. This is not just a message about Moshe Rabbeinu that doesn't apply anymore. In Yinzeshel Sirusu Lobatel, Ledoros, this is a message for every generation. When we look at our great leaders, our great Torah scholars, and we see the perfection that they have achieved and the purity in which they live their lives and how everything is with, with halachic glasses on and we see and we are inspired by who they are, how did they get that way? That's the current Arpanov. We should realize the chashivas of the Torah by looking at the great leaders and the wonderful qualities that they personify. The entire Mesorah, Moshe, Yoshua, Zakanim, Nevi'im, Shoftim, in every generation, Yiftach B'doro, Kishmur B'doro. Line 10, V'zeho Inya, Smicha, that's the pat, that's the message behind the transmission of Hawachic authority from Rebbe to Talmud throughout the generations. If we could look at a, at one of our leaders, whoever we could pick, think of one of our Rebbeim, one of our rabbis, and, and if we're inspired by them, that should take us to the next step. What gives them their shine? It's the Torah that gives them their shine. They are giving us the Torah. Look at that shine that they get. They are in the place of Moshe Rabbeinu. Anyone who teaches us Torah is B'maka Moshe Rabbeinu. We just don't realize it always. And we don't always realize it in the generation in which they live. Ava, line 18, Limafreya. Sometimes... During a generation, we can't always know. Sometimes we do, but we can't always recognize the Baalei Amasora until maybe a hundred years, twenty years, two hundred years afterwards, and we look back and we realize the mark that this person made. We could then look at it. And see who the ones who passed the torch of the Mesorah. Ki davers and nignas betoch libo seyan shal klal Yisrael. Shetielam haargasha mihem asir surim shemoshim atorah b'chol dar When we see in our generation or even in past generation what gave them their shine, what made them so amazing, when we hear an unbelievable Vilna Gaon story, we should realize it was the Torah that made them shine and that should inspire us in terms of the chashivas that we feel for the greatness of the Torah. That's Rav Shor's thought and message. The first Medrash, the beginning of our Parsha, that takes us from Maimed Arsinai, the end of Mishpatim, Parsha's Yisro, into Truma, into the Binyan Abais. Okay, let's get into some of the specific Sukkim of our Parsha. Perachafhei, Pasuk Yud. Again, we're going to deal with some important questions, some known questions tonight, and try to give some some suggestions. Perachavei pasuk yud. The tzivui of the aron. Vaasu aron atzei tim. Make the aron out of wood. Amavachesi arka, amavachesi rachba, amavachesi komaso. Two and a half by one and a half by one and a half, and cover it with gold. Mibayis As we know, the aron was three boxes. It was wood in the middle, gold on the outside, gold on the inside. So it looked like gold, but it was wood in the middle. Okay, 
Wonderful. Question that Chazal already asked is, by every other one of the Kalim, in this Parsha Shruma, Parsha Shruma has all the Kalim except for one, that's held off till the end of next week's Parsha, by all the Kalim, the term used is V'asisa. V'asisa Kapore Sahav Tahar. V'asisa Shulchan. V'asisa, V'asisa, V'asisa Minoras Zahav Tahar. Every word is V'asisa. V'asa Mishkan Ta'ase. Similar. Eser Yurios. They're all V'asisa as HaKrashim LaMishkan. V'asisa says it again. Krashim LaMishkan. It's all V'asisa. There's only one that's not V'asisa and you shall make right here. V'asu. V'asu and they shall make. Plural. Why plural? Dafka by the Aaron, it's plural. Why is that? Two ideas. First is the Ramban, which we'll expand on, and then we'll have a second idea of the, of the Arachayim HaKadosh. First, the Ramban. The Ramban says, quoting Chazal, source number five, the Asu Aron Yachzor al-Bnei Yisrael and his Karm Lamala. This refers back to Am Yisrael. It's referring back to Bnei Yisrael. What does that mean? Everything else is Lashon Yachid. This is Lashon Sibur. The entire Jewish people should symbolically take part in the building of the Aron. La Torah. The Aaron is the symbol of the Torah. It housed the Luchos and the Shivrei Luchos. Everybody has a connection to Torah. And there's what the Medrash says. Torah is open to all. Yes, the Mishkan might make those non-Kohanim amongst us to start saying, ah, okay, here comes Avoda. I'm not involved. No, the Asu Aron. Everybody has this connection to the Torah and we shouldn't think anything else. And we could all become, can become great through our connection to the Torah. The Ramam tells us, we've seen this before, beginning of the third paragraph of the Torah, Bishloshik Sarm Nechter Yisrael, based on Pirkei Yavos. There are three crowns that the Jewish nation was given, Am Yisrael, Keser Torah, Keser Kuna, Keser Malchus, which were each symbolized, by the way, by a different kli in this week's Parsha. The Aaron obviously being the Torah and the Shulchan and the, and the Menorah. Keser, Torah, Keser Kuna, Zohaba Aaron. Keser Kuna, that is not up for grabs. So if somebody's a descendant of Aaron, a Kohen, fine, they have the Keser Kuna. Olam. Number two, Keser Malchus. Keser Malchus, David HaMelech. If we're from David HaMelech, wonderful. If not, I cannot be the king. Period. Keser Torah. Harimunach v'omeid umuchan l'kol Yisrael. Keser Torah is open for all. It is prepared for all. Whoever wants to come, Torah tzivalanu Moshe Morasha kihilas Yaakov. Everybody has the connection. V'asu Aron. Whoever wants to come can take it, and the Rambam ends off, lest one thinks that the first two are greater. Hashem says, no. Those two are automatic. This one is worked for. 
Rose dem Yechoku Tzedekis be Sarim Yashuro. The me Sarim will will sing about. Be Malachim Yimlochu. It's all about the Torah. Halamata Shekes the Torah Gadol Mishnayim. But it's open for everyone. Idea number one says the Ramban Vasu Plural because the Aaron is a symbolic of the Torah and the Torah is open for all for everyone to become great through. There's an amazing toast that I don't think I ever mentioned, but I should have mentioned it. But we'll do it now. Should be a famous Tosas. Maybe it is to many of you out there, but we're going to make it famous right now. Says the Gemara in Ksubis. Gemara tells us the story that we know of Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva was a stable hand. He worked for a man named Kalba Savua. Why was he called Kalba Savua? Chazal tell us he was very rich. Whoever went into his house as hungry as a dog went out satiated. Kalba Savua. That was his name. And the Gemara says, "Havachazise Barti David Snio Male Amrale Vachjelacha Azus Lebei Rav Rabbi Akiva, who was the shepherd, the stable hand of Kalba Savua. He, no, he and uh, Kalba Savua's daughter all of a sudden hit it off. Amrla in Iktashalabetzina. What happened? Rabbi Akiva says, "If I marry you, would you let me go to yeshiva? Twelve years? Yes, wonderful. And that's what happens. Her father hears about the wedding." This royalty, this princess married this, this shepherd. What did he do? Shama avua afkami base. He threw her, he threw her and him out. Adra hanami and he made a neder that he can no longer, they can no longer get hanaa from any of his property, from any of the chasim. He made this neder fine, and we know the story. He went away for twelve years. He came back. He overhears his wife saying, "Oh, if it was up to me, he'd go away for another twelve years." And then he goes away for another 12 years. He didn't even come in to say hello. We've spoken about that in the past. Or if Chaim Levitz. Lamaitz at the end, he comes back after the 24 years with thousands and thousands of Talmidim. And the wife comes to greet him. And the Talmidim are trying to push her away. And Arakiva says, Sheli v'shalachem shalahu, the wonderful line. And the father, her father hears about what's going on. And he comes back. He's like, Oy vey, what did I do? Where it's underlined now. Ezel he go. I'm sorry. Before Shama Avod to Asa Gaver Rabba Lamasa, he comes. Azar Ezel Gabei Efshad Deme for Nidrai. He comes back and he says, oh, I have to get my net there annulled. I have to do a first Adarim. Asa Lagabei Amalei. Adaita to Gaver Rabba Minadart. If you would have known who this shepherd boy would have become, would you have made such a net there? Amalei. Afilu Perak Echad. Afilu Halacha Achas. Even if he would have been able to learn even one halacha, I would never have made such a nether. Amalei, Anahu, I'm him. And it was able to be made for the nether. Because he didn't know, he didn't know that this would come up. Ask Tosus a simple halacha question. We have a principle called, Ein poschin benolad. You're not allowed to be made for a nether by a new circumstance that took place later on after the neder. How could Rabbi Akiva suggest that? If you would have known that my going to yeshiva would have led me to become this person, or to led your son-in-law to become this person, would you have ever done it? No. So how did Rabbi Akiva offer that? How is he poseach benolad? By a, a future event. Look what Tosva says. V'yishlomar. This is not some new type of event that we couldn't have fathomed. 
It's natural. It's easy to forecast that somebody who goes Lomo Torah, he's going to develop into an Adam Gadol. As long as, obviously, he does it Lishma properly and he learns properly. What's Tosva saying? It's not a surprise. Torah affects a person. Torah makes a person shine, as we said before. So it's not called Nolad. Right? This is natural. It wasn't a psicha benolat. Torah is open. The Kesser Torah is open to all. Va'asu li mikdash. Not sorry, I'm sorry. Va'asu aron. Everybody's involved and has that connection to Torah. That is all shot number one, the Ramban. A little expanded. But then we have shot number two, and that's the Arachayim HaKadosh. The Arachayim HaKadosh tells us in source number nine, again bothered, Again, again, bothered. Uh, what we, uh, what exactly is Vasu versus Vasisa? I have, thank you. Vasisa uh, versus Vasu. <laughs> Says the Arachayim Hakadosh. Ta'am sheba Aron Shina Hashem is Dvaru Atomi Kol Akelim. Why did Hashem change? Sheba Kula Mamre Vasisa Sholchan Vasisa Menorah Zav as a Mishkan Tase and Dafke here. Ulaisha Ramaz, maybe this is hinting to Shane Gufashal Torah, Yachal Hiskayim, Elabiklawas Kal Yisrael. What this symbolizes, like the Ramban said, but a different message. It's connected to Torah, but the message is nobody can do it by themselves. Viasu, you're gonna have to have everybody together to fulfill this one. Vien Mitsias Baolam, Yachalasos Kalikariya Torah. There's no person in the world that could fulfill all of the mitzvahs of the Torah. V'zel I'll give you an example. Imhu Kohen, kahuna. If I'm a Kohen, I cannot fulfill the mitzvahs of giving to a Kohen. Because I'm a Kohen. I can't fulfill the mitzvah of Pidyon Aben. V'imhu Yisrael, and if I'm a Yisrael, I can't fulfill the mitzvah of eating Karbanos. The ones that are not allowed for a Yisrael. Shabbat or Hakravas Karbanus. So some mitzvahs for situations that we might not want to be in. Hashavas Gazela is something that hopefully we won't have to do. Ashay Rabbo Mitzvah Sasebahim. Vachain Levi. And what about Maiser Rishon? And every type of Jew has different mitzvahs. Va'asu Aron. Va'asu all together. If everybody does their job and their part, so in that way, they'll be able to fulfill all of the of the mitzvahs. So, va'asu, either everybody has their own connection to Torah, va'asu, says the Arachayim, everybody together will be able to fulfill all the Torah. Next. Same Pasik. V'asu aron ha'seishitim. Two weeks in a row. Klayakar. This is a classic. One of the great darshanim of our history. Says the Klayakar. Why is it and again, every detail of the Parsha teaches us something. Why is it? Well, first the Klayakar starts off by saying, there's been a lot written about all the symbolism of all of the parts of this Parsha. What, what could I be Machadesh? There's hidden meetings, there's revealed meetings. It's impossible that all this was arbitrary. 
make this many hooks and this many boards and make the dimensions this. If he's so exact, what am I telling you to ask me today? It's so ironic that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who's Malayka Olam he can't fit anywhere. He gives such an exact, finite building dimensions to give. He can't fit anywhere. So obviously, there's symbolism to those dimensions and to every detail to teach us something. So he says, even Rashi talks about symbolisms. So I won't stop either. I'll talk about some symbolism. Ask the Klayakar, why is it by the Aron? And we dealt with this a little bit last year. One third of his question we dealt with. Why by the Aron are all of the measurements halves? Two and a half, one and a half, one and a half. Height, length, and width. All halves. That's the Aron. Look in the left paragraph, line seven. Kishlosha Kalem Elu, the three Kalem that symbolizes Torah, Kahuna, and Malchus. The Aron, the Shulchan, and the Mizbeach. I misspoke before, not the Menorah, the Mizbeach. Hayu Chalukim B'midas Amos. They were Mechulak. The Aron, call Amos of Shvuros. They're all broken. They're all halves. Mizbeach, all Shlemos. And Shulchan, half and half. Mixas and Shvuros, U Mixas and Shlemos. Halo Dovarhu. What's the message? Again, the Aron all broken, the Shulchan Half and half, and the Mizbeach, perfect. Shalim. Says the Klayakar, here we go. Says the Klayakar, we know, by Ruchnius, by levels of Avodah Hashem, we should always be looking up. We should always be looking at people who are higher than us and have been doing more than us to realize that we could keep striving. As the saying goes, Bashamayim mima'al. When it comes to Ruchnius, Shamaimi mima'al. We should always look at people who, who have done more than us. We haven't fulfilled everything. Because if I look at somebody who's doing more than me, I'll realize that I have not, I'm not complete yet. I'm not perfect yet. I haven't reached that yet. And I'll come to a good type of kina. A good type of, he's so close to Hashem, I want to get close to Hashem. But what's the other half? When it comes to Gashmius, Arceus, we always have to look at people who have less than us. And realize, wow, I have so much. Look what he doesn't have anything. He'll realize that he has so much. So, first point, says the Klayakar, the Aron which symbolizes Ruchnius and Torah and our connection to Hashem, we always have to keep striving. All of the dimensions are broken, are in half, because we have to keep going. We have to keep striving. We have to look at others and say, oh, I didn't do what he's doing yet. I didn't do what she's doing yet. They're all Shvuros. Line 8 on the next page. Lahoros. Shekal Adam Yedame Benafsho Ki'iluhu Chaser Men Shleimus Achachma V'zorach Limdon Adain Lamalos Chesrono I still have a lot more to do. I'm still chaser. And he quotes the beautiful line on line 19. Tachlis ha 
The ultimate goal of knowledge is to realize that we can't know God. We've quoted the Balamor in the past. The Balamor once said, Lo yadati sheyadati, ad sheyadati shelo yadati. Again, Lo yadati sheyadati, ad sheyadati shelo yadati. I didn't realize that I knew something until I realized that I didn't know anything. Meaning that I have so much more. Once we realize that, that itself is a mila, that there's so much more to know. If I think I know everything, then I know nothing. Says, That's why it's all, it's all broken. Broken midos. That's the Arun. What about the Shulchan? Shulchan symbolizes, what does the Shulchan have? The Shulchan symbolizes Malchus. And the Shulchan has, as the Klayakar said, it has some broken and some whole. Why? Malchus, symbol, Malchus of Melech takes physical care of his subjects. What do we have to realize? On the one hand, we have to have some complete midos in the shulchan which symbolizes physical nourishment and sustenance and gashmias. Because we have to feel like yeshli kol, like Yaakov Avinu felt. I have everything I need. Everything I need. But... I should only feel that way not only after I really desired everything and really got everything. My time is for the Gashmias should be broken. I shouldn't really want so much. But whatever I have, I should feel like I have all I need. That's why, says the Klayakar, the Shulchan has a little of both. It has some Shvuros and it has some Shlemos. First, I have to think that I have everything. Baksasim Shvuros, Lahoros 36, Shalo Yashlim Adam Tavasa Mikolachol, I shouldn't try to fulfill my desires totally. Veloyitin Alachomer Kalavas Nafsho, I shouldn't try to fulfill all of my Tavis. That's the Aron, and that's the Shulchan. Now we have one Kli left. What about the Mizbeach? Why is the Mizbeach only Shalem? Because what does the Mizbeach symbolize? What does the Mizbeach bring about? Rashi quoted at the end of Parshas Yisro. It brings Shalom between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael. It brings us Kapara. And when we're talking about getting atones, achieving atonement, and being Mechaper and connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then it's perfection. And it's wonderful and it's the ideal. And that is what we think about by the Mizbeach, both Mizbechot. The Mizbeach complements us. The Mizbeach completes us. The Mizbeach symbolizes the physical kaparas. The Mizbeach HaKtoras with the incense symbolizes the spiritual kaparas. Either way, it's kapara which brings shleimus and harmony. Between Akadish Baruch Hu and his people, that's why all the Midos are Shlemos. So says the Klayakar, the Aron, they're all Shvuros. Cause Bashamayimimaal. We always have to be looking up. The Shulchan, a little of both. The Shulchan has, because we have to feel like we have everything, but not want to have everything. And finally, the Ktoreth, the Mizbeach, the Mizbeach, both Ktoreth and Ola, are all Shalem. Symbolizing our perfect, complete connection to Akadosh Baruch. Okay, moving right along. How exactly did the Aron look? How did it look? 
So let's just talk about, right? It's interesting, all of the, those that, that are making the, the Kalim, um, um, the museum in the, in the, uh, Yerushalayim, and we were in a couple of weeks ago, we were in Ariel, and Ariel has a whole model of the Mishkan. There's no Aron there. Nobody's making the Aron because the Aron exists. The Aron's buried deep down under the Kodesh Kadashin. Shlomo HaMelech, when he built the base of Migdash, foresaw that it wasn't going to be eternal, and therefore he already built underground cavities to bring put the Aron there. You needed it there, if Salvation explains, you needed it there for Bayashani. Bayashani didn't have an Aron. How could you have a base of Migdash without an Aron? It didn't have an Aron. It was just underneath the ground. How did it look? Machlokas. How did it look? If you look in the Psukim, it's not 100% clear. The Torah tells us, what do you mean, how did it look? Where were the rods? That's our question. The rings and the rods. The rods went through the rings. V'yasisa badei atzei shitim v'tzipiso usam zahav. I'm sorry, the Pesach before. V'yatakta lo arbat tabos zahav. You shall put four rings on it. V'nasata al arbat pamosav. U'shtei tabos al tzaloha achas. U'shtei tabos al tzaloha sheinis. Two rings on one side, two rings on the other side. Rashi notes that it's somewhat difficult because the first part of the Pazik says form two rings and then the Pazik continues and two rings and two rings. Sounds like six. Sounds like six. Rashi says hein hein arba tabos shebitzchilas ha-mikra. No, 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 no. Darn, there's no. These are the same ones. It's an extra vav. Rashi says though clearly if you look at his description there were four rings and they were all towards the top of the Aron. And if you look at all the picture books of the Aron, if they're holding like Rashi, they are close to the top. Close to the top of the Rashi in his description of Pasuk Yudala, Pasuk He describes where the Badim are and how it was carried. That's what Rashi says. If you look in the tour a la Torah, I just gave it to you in the tour because he summarizes Rashi says it was on the four corners towards the top and four people carried the Aron with the Badim and the Aron hung in between the people as they walked. The Ramban, I could have given you the Ramban, but the tour, a lot of the tour al Torah is an expansion of the Ramban. The Ramban agrees there were only four like Rashi, but the Ramban says they were not towards the top of the Aron. They were towards the bottom of the Aron. Because of a Ramban, Vade Lohayola Arba. No, it wasn't near the Kaporis. To Komasha Hoyu, Yoser Lamala, Hoyamasu Yoser Kaved. It would make it heavier. The odor that he gets to his crucial point. Kidera Kavod Hu, Sheyi Haarun Lamala Nisa Gavoa, Akesvos Akonim. When you carry the Aron, says the Ramban. It has to be above. It's there. It's going to be equal to the un- lower than the shoulders of the carriers. That's not to be Zion. Has to be above. So the rods have to go through the rings towards the bottom of the aron in order so that when the nosim carry the aron, the aron is uplifted. The aron is above the level of the shoulders. And the Torah then quotes his father, the Rush. Who agrees with Rashi? He likes Rashi's shot that um, the r- rings were towards the top, and he quotes it based on a Gemara Masecha Shabbos. What's called normal carrying? Okay. Before we get to the third shot, how do you answer for Rashi? 
What's the message for Rashi? Rashi Lachara knows the Tainos, the claims of the Ramban. It's a bizarre. The Aaron should be on top, above. Why is the Aaron? The Aaron's next to me. Maybe one could suggest that yes, the Aaron has to be uplifted. But maybe there's a worry if I carry the Aaron above me, I might think that whoa, the Torah is up there. And I'm down here. It's not Shaykh to me. Maybe it's for up high, spiritually uplifted people, but it's not for me. No. I carry the Aaron and the Kruvim are above me. They're raised up. Tenamos. But, Tetvachim. But the Aaron is right next to me. The Torah is in my grasp. Like we were just saying before, the Keser Torah is Munach Lakol. And the Torah is not beyond anyone. If you look in the Menachem Sion, from Menachem Sion Sachs, who was a son-in-law of C. Pesach Frank, we quoted him once before. He was a Rav, and he was born in Yerushalayim, and then he moved, and many years he was in Chicago. He's a Rav in Chicago, and he writes in his Akdama how he, when he left, he, you know, he still always constantly missed, missed being in Eretz Yisrael, but he realized what he had to do in Chicago and why he was there. Tzarechet Sibor. But he says, related to this shot that we're giving in Rashi, the Torah tells us that, Chazal tell us, that the Aaron did not take up any space. Amarabi Levi, source 13. The Aaron didn't take up any space. What's the message? There are no borders to the Aaron. The Aaron is not finite. The Torah is not in a box. The Torah cannot be limited to borders. Torah can be taken everywhere. To every generation, to every geographical spot, it's everywhere. Uh, it can fit here. It can't fit there. The Torah is above. It's not in this world because it's not bound by anything. It's nowhere. It's not far away. We cannot say that there is... Um, oh, you need certain conditions of life. That's good for Torah. In other places, there's a lack. He says, no, you can't say that. Torah is everywhere. Every generation, every place. Like Rav Solveitchik once said, the Rav said, if it was up to him, he would write a 14th animam, that Torah could be in every single generation. There's never a generation that we cannot fit our lives into what the Torah has to say. And the Menachem Sion being in Chicago for many decades, he says, looking back, he says, the first Jews that came to the shores of America, they didn't realize, maybe, fully, this message of, of Makam Ha'aran, Eina Min Hamida, and many Rahman al-Aslan threw away the values of Torah, and threw away the values of Shmir Shabbos. But Baruch Hashem, he says, over time, and with the help of Rav Moshe Faisim, with the help of the Gdoli Yisrael, the Gdoli Olam, they proved that everywhere, Every country, everywhere in the world, Torah could flourish 
and Torah could succeed. Obviously, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah, the source of it all. But Torah could be everywhere. Getting back to Rashi, the Aaron doesn't have to be up above. It could be raised, but it could be right next to us. Because Torah is Eina Minamita. Just to note this, a third idea about the Aaron, we're just going to note this and feel free to do more research on it. The Ebenezer holds that the Aaron had legs. If you ever see a picture of it, the Torah quotes it at the end. Ebenezer, the Ebenezer says, if you look at other, um, based on the words, Rabbi Avram Kasav, Kibachol Makam Uvashin Regal. Usually we think of the Aaron on the floor. It says, what kind of design is that? Just like the Ramban said, it should be raised up. Ebenezer says, it had legs. Aaron had legs. Okay. The pictures that we usually have of the Aaron doesn't have legs. Machlokas and Mitzias, I guess, Bezashem, Heri Bana Beis Amigdash, will be able to, uh, not see the Aaron, but maybe ask the Kohen Gadol after he comes out on Yom Kippur what exactly it looks like, uh, inside. Okay. Two more thoughts for the evening. Let's finish it up. Source 14. Pazik tells us, Perachavav, one more thought on Truma and one more thought, Lachvod Rosh Chodesh, as we start. Rosh Chodesh Adar, not the month of Adar, but Rosh Chodesh Adar. But Pasuk tells us first, last thought on Truma. Pasuk that we mentioned earlier, the boards. The boards. Hamishkan v'kelav mishamshin ki yadua semel kochos makbilu matimim b'Yisrael. Says Rav Zevin in his classic style. The Mishkan and the Kalim, as we know, symbolize tremendous kochos of the Jewish people. And the boards and the Krashim are no less symbolic. Those boards that stood up straight and strong, they symbolize the strength of every Jew. And they symbolize the fortitude that we can have. Hold that thought for a minute. Says Rav Zevin, we'll get back to that in a second. Let's talk about this. Chazal talk about Chazal, based on Sukkim, mentioned that we have to be mikushar in life. We have to have a kesher. We have to be connected. We have to be knotted. What do we have to be knotted to? What does knotted mean? What does a kesher mean? Gidrosh of kesher hu shel kayama. A real kesher. What's the definition of a kesher? Hilcha Shabbos. If I make a knot that's going to come out within 24 hours, that's a kesher she'enu shel kayama. That's an impermanent knot, and that's not called a kesher. That's not called kosher on Shabbos. In order to be chayv, it has to be kesher shel kayama. What does that mean? Whatever I'm connected to, it has to be permanent. It has to be strong. It has to be deep. Ulafichach line seven. Yisrael hamechubarim zelazai de Torah hamachedes umagedes osam. Jews who are connected through a common destiny, common dreams, common values. That is a deep connection that connects us to each other. And we cannot be connected in any deep way to anything else, any other group. And not only that, says Rav Zevin, line 14. Not only between each other. We have to be connected to what we do, to our tefillah, to our Torah. We can learn and we can learn. We could dive in and we could dive in. Like we said last week, we have to be there. Says Rav Zevin, that's Kesher, when we're connected in the right way. What's the opposite of Kesher? When I'm not connected, when it's all a fake, when it looks like it but it's really not? 
Switch around the letters a little bit. Sheker. And it's all a lie. It's all false. It looks like you're connected. It looks like I'm a kesher, but it's really sheker. It's really a falsehood. Turning over to the back page. And they're opposites. If somebody is mekushar, that's MS. That's, that's a true connection. And the opposite is sheker. And the power of Torah, line 8, on the next page, levarat sheker adam. to to strain out the bends. And make sure all of our sheker turns into kesher. Kesher to Hashem and kesher to each other. And now he says, switch around the letters one more time. Keresh. The boards of the mishkan. When we're in our mishkan, the keresh, those crushing, those boards protect us and keep us in and keep us. The keresh keeps the kesher strong. And even if it doesn't, and even if we're outside, we'll see those tall crushim and we'll be inspired to come back in. The crushim that stand up straight, as we spoke about before, Atsi Shitim Omdim, they will give us strength to protect and to bring us back. Kesher, Sheker, Keresh is what separates and strengthens the Kesher from not becoming Sheker. Look, one more thought for the evening. L'chavit Rosh Chodesh. Sazer Avram Shor. As I said, this is the first father-son tandem, I think. Maybe I'll get an email about, we've done one before. We had an Argadalia before, and now we do Lagat Valibov. Sora 16. Sazer Avram Shor, every month of the year is Keneged, a different Shevet. Different Shevet. Yosef is Keneged Adar. Uh, according to some Shvatim, that's why it could be two. But that's not what he says. We've spoken in the past that Tishrei might be connected. God, he says that there are certain sources that say Adar is connected Naftali. Why? Adar is the last month. Naftali is always the last Shevet. Naftali Hayaach or Shevishvatim. Hain Bitgalim. The flags Naftali was last. Hain Bakravasanasiyim. And then in the Siyim, with the Karbanos, he was last. Why? What's the message? Who is the Nasi of Naftali? Achira ben Einon. And he quotes the Pnei Menachem who says, quotes the Chedushi Arim. And you need a Chedushi Arim for this. Shemarumas Khan. Shemashinis Achalakrav Achram. Why did Naftali always go last? Because he was a, he was a schlump. He was, he couldn't get his act together. He was always bringing up the rear. No. It's not because he deserved to be last. He let everyone else go in front of him. He said, please. He had an ayin tov for everyone else. Please go, please go. Let everyone, all the see him go before him. It was his ayin tov. He was mu'uchar. He was the last. Ben Anon, because of the Enayim, because of his Ayin Tov that he had. That's Naftali. And maybe that's why Naftali, also he was fast, maybe that also could connect to it. He was ready to go back to Mitzrayim. He says, that's the power of Naftali. Mole Birchas Hashem. When we have an Ayin Tov, we could be Zoha, as Moshe says in Zosa Bracha, to all the Brachas of Hashem. What do you mean, Mali Berchaz Hashem? Because he has an Ayin Tov, He had everything. That was Naftali. And Adar also, he continues on line 18, he says, is the mazal of Dagim, of fish. 
fish, as the Gemara says, in brachas don't have ayin hara. There's, it's mechusem in ayin. Kemoshe dagim eno sholi b'mayin ra, kach b'chodesh hazeh, so to an adar. It's only ayin tov. And that, says Rabbi Avram Shor, is the avoda of this month. To be like Naftali, to have that ayin tov, to look at each other, to get over the kinah, to get over everything and realize we're all in the boat together. Haman put us together. And we have to put ourselves together. This is what it's about. And he even ends off by saying, this is even, he quotes other svarim that say another reason behind the dressing up on Purim. Purim is Yom Kippurim. It's such a day that we can be connected to each other and connected to HaGadosh Baruch Hu. But sometimes there's somebody that I just don't get along with. I can't. I find it difficult. He wronged me. He's different than me. I get, it's so hard. We dress up on Purim. I don't even know who you are. Maybe that's connected to Adol Yada as well. Because we're all in it. It's, we're just besimcha with each other. It's the ayin toe for each other. And that's the avod of Chodesh Adar. And Beth Hashem, if we could be zochet to have this ayin tov, the Chachia Geula that are coming up, should, should bring us back to Vasuli Mikdash. We should be able to not just talk about the mitzvah and all the messages of the mitzvah, be able to see it. To be able to see it.